You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. AINC programming is brought to you in part by Weissman Family Dental in Boulder, Colorado. For over 25 years, Weissman Family Dental has been providing high-quality dentistry. They offer regular checkups, emergency care, and a wide range of specialty services. They also have staff that speak Spanish. If you are looking for a new dentist, find them at WeissmanFamilyDental.com or call them at 303-494-0101 and tell them Audio Information Network of Colorado sent you. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, September 14, 2023 reading of the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. News, special editions, BMOCA aims to break ground on new facility in 2027 by Kaylee Harder, September 14, 2023. Boulder Museum of Contemporary Arts BMOCA, 13th Street Building, wasn't designed to be a museum. Larger pieces can't fit through the doors, and the floors won't support the weight of heftier works, like marble sculptures. That's going to change when BMOCA moves into a new space in North Boulder, Nobo, where it will be part of a creative campus set to include housing and real retail space. Quote, the hope of this is that the museum becomes even more integrated into the day-to-day -day life of Boulder citizens than we maybe are now, unquote, says Gwen Burak, BMOCA's deputy director. Quote, and certainly it goes without saying, the lives of Boulder artists, there's so many artists up in Nobo, unquote. But the move is still a few years away. While initial timelines estimated construction would begin in 2025 or 26, Burak says shovels likely won't break ground until 2027. That's in part because the new museum is set to be part of a larger creative campus conceived by Boulder-based Emerald Development that will include 17,500 square feet of museum space 17,500 square feet of commercial, 67 residential units, and 96 parking spaces. Building that will require City Council approved changes to land use maps and zoning. It's hard to know exactly how long that will take. The particular set of processes will be new for the city, says Boulder Principal Planner Chandler Van Schack. But City Council and the community have already expressed broad support for the project. While some Nobo residents have concerns about traffic and potential changes to neighborhood character, Van Schack says the majority of the comments the city received are supportive. Quote, this project received a lot more community support from the get-go than most projects that we see, Van Schack says. North Boulder has the North Boulder Arts District, and so there are a lot of artists and people who appreciate art. People really feel like it'll be, I think, a valuable addition to North Boulder and kind of an iconic development for the North Boulder Arts District, unquote. It's still early to say, 
But Burak says initial estimates indicate the building will likely cost around $15 million, which BMOCA plans to fundraise through a mix of individual and foundation donations, government grants, and tax dollars through Boulder's 2017 Culture and Safety Tax. The plot for the site will be donated by the landowners, Burak says. Some community members have already taken part in a values-based engagement process led by the developer and facilitated by consultants from Centro and Ford Momentum. Through approximately 20 interviews and nearly quantitative survey responses, participants expressed a desire to protect artists, the natural setting, affordability, and accessibility in the area throughout the course of development. As the project continues, Barack says, there will be more opportunities for engagement. Once an architect is selected, likely in spring 2024, Burak says the museum and developer will work with the architect on plans for discussions and feedback sessions. For now, community members can ask questions at the museum's First Friday booth and send ideas and feedback on the future of the museum to the email address future at bmoca.org. Quote, we place a really huge priority on making sure that the end result of the museum is really infused with the community's needs and wants, and that's beyond North Boulder, unquote. News, special editions. Studio Arts Expanded Facility Set to Open Early Next Year by Kaylee Harder, September 14, 2023. When Executive Director Carrie Palazzari envisions Studio Arts' new hub at Diagonal Crossing, she sees studio spaces full of students, a bustling gallery, and a place where people from different walks of life can come together in a space that, quote, the entire community really feels is theirs, unquote. That vision is set to become a reality in early 2024, more than five years after the donation of land for the 12,500 square foot building. The space will feature five teaching studios for beginner to intermediate in five different media, pottery, warm glass, woodworking, blacksmithing, and printmaking. The organization's goal is to be debt free by the time the facility opens. So far, the nonprofit has raised $7.5 million, including the value of the land donation, $1.75 million from Boulder's 2017 Community, Culture, Resilience, and Safety Tax, $1.5 million from the state's Community Revitalization Grant Program, $150,000 from Boulder County's Worthy Cause Tax, and approximately $2.5 million from individuals and family foundations. The project has also received a $4 million construction loan, but there's still a $1 million gap in funding. In order to be fully debt-free, the arts will still need to raise $5 million. The less debt, the more free and pay-what-you-can classes studio arts can offer, Palazzari says. 
While Studio Art's current space in an old fire station on University Hill will remain open, the new location will not only triple the number of people the nonprofit can serve in a year, it will also be more accessible. Quote, One of the things in the new studio is that we'll be able to accommodate folks with mobility issues and challenges way easier, unquote, Palazzari says. Quote, we do make accommodations in the fire station, but the building itself is just not accommodating." Unquote. The project's costs also take aim at an issue that extends beyond the art world, climate change. Palazzari says Studio Arts will save an estimated 30% annually with a 64.5 kilowatt hour solar system, 15 geothermal wells, ground source heat pumps, and energy recovery ventilation that exchanges heat from kiln rooms with air from colder parts of the building. These green measures also make the structure resilient to disruptions to the power grid. Quote, climate change is real and we need to do our part, Palazzari says. This was an opportunity to make decisions right from the beginning about the building's energy systems and heating and cooling that would be more sustainable in the long run." Unquote. The building's framing and sheathing are already in place and community members can take hard hat tours October 6 and November 10. Quote, There's really not any other facility like this in the area, Palazzari says. There's places in the country that have these five art forms. So this is a real gem for Boulder and for the local community." Unquote. On the bill, Chili Bowl Street Party, noon to 5 p.m. Sunday, September 17, 1010 Aurora Avenue in Boulder, free. In addition to live music, chili, and for sale pottery, Chili Bowl attendees can expect a booth with details on the new space and a chance to talk with board members about the project. Pottery Sale, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., September 16 and 17. Take home a handmade piece of pottery made by students, staff, and friends of Studio Arts. All proceeds support free and pay-what-you-can programs, as well as partnerships that provide studio access to marginalized artists. News Special Editions Museum expands to meet community priorities by Will Matuska, September 14, 2023. It started in a room, then it moved to a basement a few years later to a converted garage and a renovated warehouse. The Longmont Museum bounced around for nearly 60 years, from 1940 until 1999, until nearly 80% of city residents approved a $5 million bond to build a new museum. Now, more than 80 years since its humble beginnings, the museum is launching a new, $8.1 million capital campaign to expand its footprint and reach as one of the premier cultural institutions in Northern Colorado. Eric Mason, the museum's director, says this growth exemplifies how Longmont supports the arts. Quote, it just shows that as the community grows, 
to support more amenities, it really improves the quality of life for everyone in the region, being able to have access to great cultural amenities like an expanded Longmont Museum, unquote, he says. The project has a laundry list of changes and additions, including expanding the primary gallery, renovating the outdoor courtyard, and increasing office and support spaces. All outcomes, Mason says, are the product of engagement with community members about needs and priorities. One of the most notable themes from these conversations was a desire for a dedicated children's space. In the expansion, a hands-on kids exhibition will replace the current 2,500 square foot changing exhibit gallery and will feature numerous and rotating activities, according to Mason. The community also wants to see more exhibitions. To meet that demand, the expanded primary gallery will be a third larger than it is now, giving curators flexibility to show up to three exhibits at a time. While Mason says the style of art in the gallery won't change, aside from possibly larger contemporary pieces, it lets the museum accommodate more exhibits. Quote, maybe we have an area that showcases our historic collection, then another area that is bringing in a traveling exhibition, and maybe a third one that is working with a local artist on what they're doing, unquote, says Mason. Before his role as director, Mason was the museum's longtime curator of history. Not surprisingly, he's excited about the growth of the core history exhibit, which is getting a new gallery. The campaign has raised 80% of its goal according to its website. The museum's office space started in May. The museum is anticipating the new courtyard to be open in 2024 and all construction completed in fall 2025. On the bill, campaign groundbreaking event, Friday, September 15, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Longmont Museum, 400 Quail Road, free. Opinion, Our Kids Deserve Art and Music by Travis LaBurge, September 14, 2023. Fostering music programs in schools has always been difficult. Imagine being a middle school orchestra teacher on the first day of school with 30 to 50 kids in your class. Some of them brought instruments they've been playing for eight years, while others don't know how to open the case on their newly rented trumpet. Some can read music like a book. Sure, which way is right side up? If that's not scary enough, Imagine having to get all those kids to play together in a concert a few months away in front of their family and friends and your colleagues and have the sound be discernible or at least tolerable. Sound daunting? Well, now imagine that you, as the music teacher, have to do that for multiple schools because your full-time job isn't full-time at any one school. It's full-time across multiple schools. That's what we're asking our music teachers in Boulder, County, Boulder Valley School District right now. Yes, some schools are still fortunate enough to have designated instructors that don't have to travel between different schools. But even so, these teachers are faced with the reality of teaching students who are beginners while keeping advanced students engaged.
If you attend a school with an affluent family, parent booster groups are likely helping with time and money to bring in extra help. But it's still a challenge to create a somewhat level playing field for the students. However, if you attend a school that is not wealthy, where parents don't have time to volunteer nor extra money to contribute, a different type of learning gap and lack of equity become apparent. That's where nonprofit organizations like the one I founded, Parlando School of Musical Arts, are stepping up. We understand that not all students find their team on the field or court. Some find it on the stage. And regardless of whether it's a football or band uniform, the lifelong lessons of camaraderie, communication, teamwork, and problem solving are the same. We believe kids need as many opportunities to find their team as possible. During the 2022-23 academic year, Parlando partnered with 29 schools across four school districts to provide more than 3,000 music classes with supplementary support, resulting in over 90,000 student interactions. And we did all this at no charge to the students, schools, or districts. Parlando uses fundraised dollars from donors as well as granting agencies like the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, SCFD, and Boulder Arts Commission, an agency of Boulder City Council, to pay our instructors to go into public school classrooms and provide needed support. Schools are identified by music arts coordinators in each district. Parlando listens to the needs of the music teachers within those schools, then provides what they tell us for multiple days each week over the course of the entire school year. Music remains one of those skills for which there is no shortcut. You get out of music exactly what you put into it, and while that may be frustrating in our instant gratification, one-click society, it is also a lesson that will benefit students throughout their lives. Through practice comes mastery, and through mastery comes self-esteem. Just like the top scorer on a school's basketball team is undoubtedly a hard worker, students who excel in music are as well. These are valuable lessons that will last a lifetime. This all sounds good, but what about the quantitative results? Last year, partner schools reported that their students involved in their music programs were 20% more likely to attend school, had a full letter grade higher GPA than their peers, 3.0 to 3.5, 2.0 to 3.0, and were 24% more likely to graduate. That's right. If you are involved in your school music program, you are more likely to attend school, get better grades while you're there, and are more likely to graduate. So why are arts programs the first thing on the chopping block when money is tight and the last things to get funded when money returns? This fall, Boulder residents will have the opportunity to vote to extend an existing sales tax that will, in part, provide additional funding for the arts. This sales tax will also provide general funds to the city, and when you combine that with the library district funding that will be available to the city of Boulder, there will still be additional funding to invest in other issues.
This is a once-in-a-generation opportunity that is truly win-win. Some of the arts above will be used to support organizations like Parlando, which are, quite frankly, covering the funding gaps created by decades of underfunding for school music programs, despite the fact that involvement in those very programs correlates with higher academic achievement. Boulder is a wonderful place to experience the arts as an audience member. Let's make it a little easier to be an arts educator and performer as well. Our kids deserve it. Travis LeBurge is the founder and executive director of Parlando School of Musical Arts, an outreach and education provider with a faculty of nearly 70 teachers, 600 students, and 7,000 monthly outreach recipients. This opinion column does not necessarily reflect the views of Boulder Weekly. Entertainment. Books. Book Report. Chaneman, September 14, 2023. As usual, the state's readers are blessed with an abundance of literary riches. This fall, the writing community in Colorado brings the following offerings a comics series that travels back in time in an attempt to kill Christopher Columbus, a poignant novel about family secrets, two bookish murder mysteries, an investigation into if aliens are real, and more. Here are six books to look for this season. Is there anybody out there? The Search for Extraterrestrial Life from Amoebas to Aliens by Laura Krantz, out October 3rd via Abrams Books for Young Readers, $20. Take me to your leader, please. Drawing on the popularity of her Wild Thing podcast about science and society, Denver author Laura Krantz uses her investigative journalism chops to see if we're really alone in the universe. Krantz cites research from astrobiologists, astronomers, and astrophysicists to determine the likelihood of life on other planets. Maybe aliens have already visited. If they did, how did they get here? And is there any room on the ship back to their planet? This one's a disaster. Long Past Dues by James J. Butcher, out October 10 via ACE, $27. In the newest installment of the Unorthodox Chronicles, Denver author James J. Butcher depicts a character with the unforgettable name of Grimshaw Griswold Grimsby. Bored with the grind of his daily duties as an auditor enforcing laws about magic for Boston's Department of Orthodox Affairs, Grimsby gets his hands on a file that's about to make his job a whole lot more interesting. He teams up with huntsman Leslie Mayflower to crack the case of a strange ritual, encountering werewolves, cursed artifacts, and an underground city along the way. The Wind Will Catch You, a novel by Michelle Teal, out September 19 via Alcove Press, $20. Boulder author Michelle Teal is back with a novel about a college student who is a product of the foster system and lives in a half halfway house. 
As protagonist Skye juggles the stresses of university life, she's blindsided by a phone call asking her to make medical decisions for a brother who died more than 10 years ago. Skye's caseworker helps her figure out what's going on man in the hospital as long-kept family secrets unravel. Last Word to the Wise, A Christie Bookshop Mystery by Anne Clare, out October 3rd via Bantam, $17. In a new mystery by Colorado author Anne Clare, Bookworm sisters Ellie and Meg Christie have recently started new jobs taking care of their family's bookshop on a Colorado mountain, but they're not great at relationships. So when their cousin signs them up for her new matchmaking business that pairs people based on their tastes in books, the sisters aren't exactly overexcited. Despite that, Meg's first date goes great. The man's a charmer, well-read, and romantic. Then he ends up dead. Meg was the last one to see him alive, so naturally she's the police's prime. <laughs> to get to the truth, the sisters take matters into their own hands and start their own investigation. Earth Divers, Volume 1, Kill Columbus, by Stephen Graham Jones, out September 19 via IDW Publishing, $18. This guy doesn't sleep, probably because much of what he writes about is nightmare-inducing. Uber-prolific, boulder-based author Steve, Stephen Graham Jones makes his foray into comics with a time-travel tale about indigenous outcasts on a mission to kill Christopher Columbus. Set in 2112, the world is devastated by climate change. Looking for a way to save the world, the group of misfits stumble upon a time travel portal in a cave in the desert and send a linguist named Tad to murder Columbus before he reaches the, quote, new world, unquote. Of course, anyone who's read a time travel story knows it won't be that simple, and Tad's actions could have unintended consequences for the future planet he's trying to save. Jane and the Final Mystery by Stephanie Barron, out October 24 via Soho Crime, $28. For the conclusion of the long-running Being a Jane Austen Mystery series, Denver writer Stephanie Barron sets the story in 1817 as Austen's health is waning. The celebrated author is having trouble writing, but when her nephew tells her of a death at his former school, even her poor condition can't keep her from investigating. Can she clear the name of the wrongly accused before her sickness puts her down for the count? In the past 14 novels, Barron has mastered writing in Austin's voice, as well as crafting page-turning mystery plots. Pick up a copy to find out if she sticks the landing. Entertainment Stage BETC pre presents the regional premiere of Coal Country by Tony Tresca, September 14, 2023. Last season, the husband and wife co-founders of the Boulder-based Butterfly Effect Theater of Colorado, BETC, 
Rebecca Ramali and Stephen Weitz, stepped down from the theater company they had led for nearly two decades. On July 1 of this year, the couple turned the business over to seasoned artists Mark Reagan and Jessica Robley. The duo's first production will be BET's opener, Coal Country, a, suspens a suspenseful play by Eric Jensen and Jessica Blank that was inspired by interviews with survivors of a mine explosion in West Virginia and set to the music of country rock legend Steve Earle. Quote, It's the first time it's being done outside New York City, and we have an amazing cast, Reagan told Boulder Weekly in August. No one, plays com no one play completely defines us, but coal country will define our taste, unquote. This documentary-style performance piece examines the Upper Big Branch explosion of 2010, which killed 29 miners and destroyed a small West Virginia mining community. Robley, who was drawn to the play's language, directs the regional premiere. Coal, quote, Coal country miners and understand where they are coming from, Robley says. It's not just a string of interviews. The play is really well constructed so that you're taking this journey with them. I especially love the characters' voices. They're not how most people talk, but it's powerful to hear these everyday people's authentic experience of living through extraordinary circumstances." Unquote. Coal Country features a seven-person cast and Joe Jung, the musician and musical director, who understudied Earl in the original New York City production of Coal Country at the Public and Cherry Lane Theater in New York. Quote, the music is not recorded exactly in the form that it was made, so even though you can purchase sheet music, that's not what they end up doing, Robley says. Joe is this carrier of information about the original which will be really special to have in the room. I always think of theater as a place where you can open up yourself to new experiences, and I think this play is a great invitation to do that." Unquote. On stage, Coal Country, October 26 through November 19, BETC Dairy Arts Center, 2590 Walnut Street in Boulder. Tickets at thedairy.org. Entertainment, Books, Special Editions, How Is This Perfect? by Jesse J. Gray, September 14, 2023. When poet and performer Andrea Gibson was growing up as a closeted queer kid in the days before the internet, there was no roadmap from their hometown in rural Maine to the person they needed to become. Quote, but I never had that word when I was young. I used tomboy because it was all that fit me, unquote, says the longtime Boulder resident who moved to their new home on the Front Range in 1999. Quote, I didn't have queer artists I could look to as role models, not just for having a voice, but for being thrilled about their lives, unquote. Now, Gibson is that model for others, having recently been appointed Colorado Poet Laureate by Governor Jared Polis 
during a September 6 ceremony in the shadow of the Flatirons at Chautauqua Park. The honor is typically bestowed at the state capitol, but with Gibson's immune system weakened by treatment for ovarian cancer after a life-changing diagnosis two years ago, the celebration was held outdoors. Quote, it was this small circle of men a generation older than myself who raised me up, who taught me about the intersection of art and activism 20 years ago, sitting in the front row beside me. I just felt so indebted to them, unquote, says the 48-year-old author of celebrated poetry collections like You Better Be Lightning, Pansy, and Pole Dancing to Gospel Hymns. Quote, I'm not supposed to hug right now, so it was so hard not to just hug everybody. Gibson's prestigious new role essentially functions as a state-sanctioned poetry ambassador, attending a gauntlet of public readings, talks, and other cultural events to help promote the art form across Colorado. Quote, my partner just keeps calling me the president of poetry, unquote, they say with a laugh. It's a daunting task on its face, especially with a serious health complication. Looking at the shoes left behind by previous state poet laureate Bobby Lefebvre, the youngest and first person of color to hold the position in Colorado, Gibson didn't know if it was the right move at such a vulnerable moment in their life. Quote, I could see how much he was giving to the state, how much energy and heart he was putting into it. He was everywhere, all the time, and I thought, how am I going to do that? I had an initial hesitation, they recall, but I know so many poets who are disabled or chronically ill or navigating a serious disease, so I had a yes moment when I got over my own ableism. I want these things to be possible for everyone, unquote. But Memento Mori, but there was a grimmer question at the heart of Gibson's hesitation. Would they live long enough to clear term? Hanging over the poet's head like a swinging axe, the thought spun even more doubt around the lingering uncertainty regarding what was perhaps the most monumental decision of their professional life. Quote, then I realized that nobody can promise that. I've shared so much about my diagnosis, not so people understand that I am mortal, but because I want other people to know that they are, Gibson says, because knowing I'm mortal, that I could die any day, has gifted me so much gratitude and awe and joy. It has just transformed my life. Like I said at the ceremony, I wish that for everyone, minus the cancer, unquote. So Gibson wrapped their arms around the moment, back home for treatment after so much time on the road, often spending more than half the year on tour performing heart-stopping work, plus critically acclaimed books and albums under their belt. The new Poet Laureate designation has offered a chance to reconnect with the community that helped shape them. Quote, this is bringing back all those memories about when I started writing and creating in Boulder, like my first open mics at Penny Lane. Seeing people I haven't seen in 20 years has just been really beautiful, they say. 
I can feel this nourishing my spirit, my health, and my excitement for life, unquote. This rooted sense of connection should serve Gibson as they embark on a new chapter in an already accomplished career. And if that haunting thought between the swinging axe begins to rattle its chains, there's another question that resonates for the former closeted queer kid who needed someone like themselves to answer with joy. Quote, every day since my diagnosis self, how is this perfect? And every day I get an answer as to why they say this was another reason. Unquote. Cuisine, Nibbles, The Squeak That Roared, by John Lendorf, September 14, 2023. The Centennial State has become famous for skiing, craft brews, cannabis, and recently, CU Buffs football. But in, other, in certain circles, Colorado is revered as a state of cheese. Most folks don't know it, but almost every pizza they order from a national chain is topped with Colorado mozzarella. Quote, while we don't have very many cheese companies, I think Colorado cheese is highly regarded on two levels, unquote, says Robert Poland, co-founder of Muco Cheese Company. <laughs> the world's largest mozzarella cheese maker, Leprino Foods is located in Colorado. Quote, Leprino is doing cheese at a level that is unfathomable, uh, Poland says. They have all the mozzarella contracts, including Domino's Pizza. Unquote. Meanwhile, the state's smaller artisan cheesemakers are well known because they keep winning national and international awards. Muco, M O U C O, is the largest operation crafting 600,000 to 700,000 individual soft ripened cheeses annually, Poland says. Competing against global cheesemakers, Muko's Camembert recently took second place at the International Cheese and Dairy Awards in England. At the 2023 American Cheese Society competition, the U.S. Cheese World, Muko earned medals for its soft-ripened Ashley and Cala Rouge cheeses. However, the huge surprise was a prize for Muko's new cheddar cheese curds, a category typically dominated by Wisconsin cheesemakers. The majority of cheese curds are simply cheddar, although it's possible to make them from other cheeses like Munster and Colby, before they are pressed into a wheel or block. Curds are a popular snack and the obligatory poutine topping on fries with gravy. Quote, after we won, I imagine there were meetings going on at the big Wisconsin cheesemakers, Poland says. They must be saying, this is our category. This is our cheese. We can't have somebody from Colorado winning it, unquote. The maker of a treat found on innumerable charcuterie boards got almost haphazardly. Quote, there was a cheesemaker who specialized in curds nearby who was selling their equipment, Poland says. Our background was fermentation, and soft-ripened cheeses are fermentation-based, but we decided to try making cheese curds on the side. They were an immediate hit, unquote. 
If you've never tasted them, fresh cheese curds have a distinctive appeal. Quote, people want them salty and squeaky, unquote, Poland says. He attributes all those competition medals to Muko's secret weapon, fresh milk from Rocky View Farm, just a 20-minute drive away from the facility. The dairy also supplies milk to make Nusa yogurt, another notable Colorado dairy product, he says. If we're buying milk, quote, if we're buying milk that starts off amazing, as long as we don't get it, then it stays amazing, Poland says. We choose not to dumb down the ingredients. We make a product that people put in their mouth and say, wow, unquote. Poland doesn't claim his cheeses are better than those made in France, but, quote, we have a 4,000 mile freshness advantage, he says. The same is true about cheese curds, where freshness is everything. They should be eaten, ideally, within a week, so they have all the squeak everybody's looking for, unquote. Muko also uses cheese curds to make batches of beer cheese for local breweries, including Weldworks in Greeley. Muko doesn't have a retail store, and tours and tastings are available by appointment only. About once a month, the company sends an alert to local curd heads offering fresh-from-the-vat, super-squeaky curds at its facility in Fort Collins. You can follow Muko's social media sites, like Instagram, to be on Curd Alert, or text CURDS, C-U-R-D-S, to 970-999-1619. Finding Colorado's Artisan Cheeses For the past few decades, the first name in Colorado artisan cheesemaking was Haystack Mountain Goat Dairy, the Longmont-based company whose artisan cheese products are no longer being made. Quote, Colorado was a leader in artisan cheesemaking but during the pandemic, we lost some of our small producers, including Haystack, unquote, says Arenia White of Longmont's Cheese Importers Warehouse. Quote, there are a few new creameries starting to produce, so I'm hoping to see Colorado cheese rise again, unquote. White, of the cheese supplier's founders, says that most visitors to the store's giant walk-in cheese room are surprised at the large number of Colorado cheeses they have available. Look for the following Colorado cheese companies at supermarkets, cheese shops, and the Boulder and Longmont farmers markets. Colorado Farmhouse Cheese Company, Loveland-based creamery producing artisan cheese, Gouda, and Asiago from cow, sheep, and goat milk. James Ranch Artisan Cheese, Durango-based maker of raw farmstead cheeses, including creamy, mild, young Belford and three-year-old Reserve Belford. Jumpin' Goat, Jumpin' Good Goat Dairy, Buena Vista Creamery, making goat milk feta, cheddar, and raclette cheese. Lays You to Bar, producing goat and cow milk cheeses, including chèvre in Del Norte. Moon Hill Dairy, the small Steamboat Springs goat milk creamery, produces chèvre. Queso Campesino, 
This Denver-based creamery makes Mexican-style cheeses, including Asadero and Cotija. Rockin' W Cheese, an Olathe-based company making dozens of cheeses, including Asiago, Garlic Chive Jack, and Horseradish Cheddar. Sawatch Artisan Cheese, making European-style butter, cheese curds, aged Gouda, Cheddar, and Monterey Jack in Colorado Springs. Westcliff Cheese Company, producing goat's milk feta, raw milk blue cheese, and chevre in six flavors. State of Colorado wine is fine. Boulder's Bookcliff Vineyards has once again won a place on the 2023 Governor's Cup collection, this time for its 2022 Colorado Syrah. Other winners from the judged competition of 286 wines from 48 wineries that use Colorado fruit include Alfred Eames Cellars, 2019 Carmena, Sauvage Spectrum 2022 Terrell the Storm Cellar Gewurztraminer and Snowy Peaks 2022 Muscat Blanc. The wines can be sampled November 3 at Colorado Uncorked at the History Colorado Center in Denver. Learn more at coloradowine.com. Local food news. Louisville gets... Spam Musubi is on the menu at L&L Hawaiian Barbecue, now open at 2323 30th Street in Boulder. The Argentos Empanadas has opened at 1030 East South Boulder Road in Louisville, just east of the railroad tracks. Coming soon, Jet's Pizza, 2609 Pearl Street in Boulder, Lion's Diner Bar, known for chefy comfort food and adult milkshakes, will open a second location in Netherland in the former Ned's Restaurant, 121 North Jefferson Street in Netherland. Longmont Public House has closed at 111 Francis Street. Plan ahead. The Barbarian Feast, October 7 in Loveland, is a cosplay meal featuring axe-throwing, beer-drinking, and fire-cooked meat. Knives are the only utensils allowed. Tickets at thebarbarianfeast.com. Nibbles Index, the king of sushi. Sushi has now achieved spaghetti-like status, so ubiquitous it's no longer considered foreign. Consider the fact that Kroger, owner of supermarkets including King Supers, is the top sushi sushi seller in the U.S., according to the Wall Street Journal. Consumers buy more than 40 million pieces of sushi from the grocer during an average year. Quote, the fact that I was once teased for eating gross sushi to, to today when kids eat sushi a couple of times a week from the supermarket is pretty phenomenal, unquote, says Gil Asakawa, the Denver-based author Masho, Let's Eat, The Tasty History of Japanese Food in America, from Stonebridge Press. Quote, it shows the absolute acceptance of Japanese food 
as part of mainstream American culture, I'll leave it to the food critics to wax poetic about the quality of supermarket sushi, unquote. John Lendorf hosts Radio Nibbles on KGNU. Comments to nibbles at boulderweekly.com. Events. Erie Biscuit Day. Saturday, September 16, 2023, 8 a.m. to noon at Historic Downtown Erie, 235 Wells Street. 21st Annual Erie Biscuit Day, presented by Erie Historical Society. Come join us for biscuits and gravy on Saturday, September 16, 2023, from 8 a.m. to noon. First Annual Erie Biscuit Day. Visit eriehistoricalsociety.org for more information. Events. Hike Mount Sanitas Peak Trail with the Denver City Project. Saturday, September 16, 2023, 9 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. at the Mount Sanitas Trailhead in Boulder. Join the Outdoor City Project and Leader Morgan on this 2.57-mile hike with incredible views. Events. Longmont Free Veteran Walk-In Clinic at VFW Post 2601. Saturday, September 16, 2023, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Also, Saturday, October 21, 2023, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. At VFW Post 2601, 340 Lashley Street, Suite 1 in Longmont, Colorado, 720-680-0043, free. Healing Warriors Program Team provides free monthly walk-in clinic for service members, all branches, all eras, and their spouses, partners, and parents, providing non-narcotic care for pain, sleep disturbance, anxiety, PTS, TBI, neuropathy, chemotherapy side effects, and other conditions. Services provided acupuncture, craniosacral therapy, Healing Touch Therapy. All services are available and are 30 minutes in duration. No appointment necessary. First come, first served. Please bring proof of service, i.e. DD214 or military ID or VA ID. For more information, please visit our website at warriorsprogram.org. Events. St. Vrain Roundup Club Open Horse Show, Sunday, September 17, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Boulder County Fairgrounds, 9595 Nelson Road in Longmont, 303-678-6235. More info at bouldercounty.gov slash events. Events. Hybrid. Celebrate Rosh Hashanah with Neve Kodesh. Saturday, September 16, 2023, 9.30 a.m. to 2.15 p.m. Also on Friday, September 15, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. In person and virtual at Congregation Neve Kodesh, 1925 Drive in Boulder. Please see registration info on our website, 
at www.nevekodesh, that's N-E-V-E-I-K-O-D-E-S-H dot org. Join us for enlivening, refreshing, and uplifting services during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur with Neve Kodesh. Experience heartfelt, transformational Judaism through musical and embodied prayer that engages body, mind, heart, and soul in a creative dance of Jewish tradition and innovative expression. Everyone is welcome wherever you are in your Jewish journey. Join Congregation Neve Kodesh for High Holy Days as we explore into the empowering nature of kindness. Most services are in person and on Zoom. Childcare is offered during community services for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Our inspiring service leaders are accompanied by an amazing array of musicians and special guests. Registration is open and seating is limited. Please go to nevekodesh.org to register and for more information. You can contact them at info at nevekodesh.org or call 303-443-4567. Events in person, 9th Annual Jaipur Literature Festival, JLF, Colorado, returns. Saturday, September 23, 9 to 6 p.m., also Friday, September 22, 11 to 6 p.m., at the Boulder Public Library, 1001 Arapahoe Avenue in Boulder, 303-441-3100, free. Ninth Annual JLF Colorado, the greatest literary show on earth returns to the Boulder Public Library September 21 through 23. Locally known and internationally acclaimed authors, scholars, musicians, and poets to celebrate knowledge, free access to information, conversation, diversity, books, and music during iconic literary festival. The three-day free event will kick off with violinist Dr. Ambi Subramaniam, hailed as India's Itzhak Perlman, on Thursday, September 21, beginning at 6 p.m., with hors d'oeuvres and wine concert in the Canyon Theater of the Boulder Library. Dr. Ambi Subramaniam will play Indian classical Carnatic music, known worldwide for its sophisticated melodic and rhythmic structures, and will be accompanied by renowned musicians Salmiya Narayanan on the Gatam and Rohan Krishnamurti on the Mrindagam. Even though the event is free, donations are encouraged. Register for tickets. Seating is limited. Attendees must register separately for music performance and for the festival due to seating in the Canyon Theater. Registration and more information are available at jlflitfest.org slash Colorado. Thank you for the Boulder Weekly. My name is Eric Levine. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at 
www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.